Welcome to Chad Gets High and Talks About His Commander Decks. My name is Chad. I'm going to get high and talk to you about one of my Commander Decks. I guess I'll just get to it. Um, Tonight I'm going to talk about... I'm a fan of Mono Black. I only have two Mono Black, black Decks right now, but uh, that's going to change, I'm sure. Sir Conrad the Grim. That's what I'm talking about tonight. And I'm going to be smoking some birthday cake. I'm actually dead sober right now, so let's see how I can... How fucked up I can get by the end of this, like, 40 minutes. It's a mono deck. It's not going to take very long, I don't think. And it's a pretty straightforward deck that does one thing. But, ooh, do I love the one thing that it does. Love it so much. I love Sir Conrad. But before I talk about Sir Conrad, a word from our sponsor. I'm fucking kidding. No one's going to sponsor this. <laughs> Are you nuts? Now a word from Squarespace and Bonobo's Socks. Not going to happen. From the fine folks at Wizards of the Coast. Nope. I wouldn't sponsor me. Played Ticket to Ride with my daughter and my nephew. Kicked their ass. Thank you very much. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause this and I'm going to go sneak outside and have a little birthday cake. I'm back. Sir Conrad the Grim. I think this is the only commander I have that's an uncommon. Oh shit, spill my cards. Okay. Sir Conrad the Grim. Black, black, three for a legendary creature, human knight. Five, four. Whenever another creature dies, or a creature card is put into a graveyard from anywhere other than the battlefield, or a creature card leaves your graveyard, Sir Conrad the Grim deals one damage to each opponent. Then you can pay one in a black. Each player puts a top card of their library into their graveyard. I fucking love this card so much. So it's important to parse out the text. Whenever another creature dies, each opponent takes a damage. Okay, that's easy. Whenever a creature card is put into a graveyard from anywhere other than the battlefield. So in addition to dying, whenever a card is put into... A creature card is put into a graveyard from discard or mill or something like that. It does a point of damage. And then if a creature card leaves your graveyard, so only mine, only, only the Conrad's player's graveyard, it deals one damage. Sometimes people get confused. They think that it's when it leaves any graveyard, but that's not the case. It's only your own graveyard. Sir Conrad, is, uh, it's all about moving creatures through the different zones. You know, you're, the play and your deck and your, and your library and, and, and the graveyard and your hand and just shuffling creatures around, getting value out of them and shuffling them around. And then he kills real quick. I mean, it, 40 triggers isn't that hard. I just I just love this card. I had to build the deck. I just had to build a, a Sir Conrad. So I want to, again, I want to put, uh, put creatures in the graveyard. I want to uh, take them out of the graveyard. The... Um, the average CMC on this deck is, uh, let's see. Come on. It's 3.75, kind of pricey. I know which spells are doing that, though. Um, and, you know, if you were to buy it, it's pretty cheap, uh, give or take a few cards. Um, there's definitely a, definitely a really good budget deck. Um, so 
because, okay, so I'm running 38 creatures in the deck. I really wish it was 40. Like, I'm already looking. There's probably a couple more expensive cards I could pull out and make it 40. Because it should be a solid 40 just to represent the 40 points of life that my opponents start with, you know? That, like, if I have Conrad and I mill my whole deck, I could just kill everybody at full strength. Right now it's at 38. So, we got, uh, ooh. Love these Eclipse sleeves. Eight. 28 Swamps, BFZ. And, uh, yeah, we're going to shuffle this, this motherfucker up. Yeah, I already see what I could pull sneaking a creature, extra creature or two, you know? Should I have to cut? Yeah, I'd like to cut. Upline Unicorn. Starting off with a winner. Commander. All-star. Upline Unicorn is a three-mana mana dork. It's a one-two... Artifact creature unicorn that taps for any color of mana. It's a it's a it's a bad three mana mana rock, but it's a creature. And I don't need this card on turn fifteen, but it's a but I'd rather and if I'm milling myself or putting cards in the graveyard, I'd much rather it be this than Dark Stealing it. This is not a fast deck. It kind of wins in a few big turns, but it's not a fast deck. It takes time. Conrad costs five mana. You know, you have you have time to cast an Opaline Unicorn. And to me, the upside of it being a creature for later on for, for Conrad shenanigans is offsets by far the fact that this virtually comes into play tapped. I don't, I don't mind. Gravedigger. Like I said, it's going to be about getting cards in and out of the graveyard. So Gravedigger, of course, comes into play and uh, puts a car creature card in your hand. So a creature dies, it goes to the graveyard, everybody takes one. Play Gravedigger, get the creature back, everybody takes one. So it's a, it's a raised dead effect. Um, but it's raised dead effect on a creature, again. Limited, great card, limited. Gravedigger is fantastic card, limited. Um, black, four mana, two, two, that draws you a card. Uh, there's also, Gravedigger is also uh, good because there's a little bit of a zombie synergy. Not tribal. There's no, there's no zombie tribal, but there are a few cards that get better if I have zombies. They're fine, and they get better if I have zombies. Leadenmere. Um, yeah, pretty much the exact same thing as the Opaline Unicorn, except it only costs two mana. It only taps for black, but, you know. Bloodgift Demon. It's just a way for me to have a creature and draw some cards. I like Bloodgift Demon. It's a cool card. 5 4 Flyer for 4 is, you know, uh, it's not, that's not an EDH card, but it's good. It's a very good rate. And then it's a Frexian Arena on a creature. And I love me some Frexian Arena. Dread Presence. How many times now have I talked about Dread Presence? Uh, well, obviously, Vilis, Gerard. I haven't talked about Yarok deck, 
yet, and that's a wink edition of Yarox. This is probably the third, but not the last time we've talked about Dread Presence. Cauldron of Eternity. Okay. I think this card sucks. But black, black, and 10. <laughs> so 12 mana. For Legendary Artifact, this spell costs two less to cast for each creature card in your graveyard. So uh, most of the time, it's just going to cost two. Right? Whenever a creature you control dies, put it on the bottom of its owner's library. Now that... That's a weird... It's something they did a little bit of in Eldraine. And uh, it's it's strange, but in this deck, and I think it's bad, but in this deck, it's not. If Culture of Eternity is in the plane, again, I'm not, it's not really a reanimator deck. There are reanimator effects, but it's not a reanimator deck. It's a put shit in my graveyard deck and take things out of my graveyard deck. And Culture of Eternity, if it's in play, whenever a creature I control dies, it does two damage to each player because it goes into the graveyard and then it leaves. And then you can pay a, a black and two paid two life and um, tap it to reanimate a creature out of your graveyard uh, at sorcery speed. So again, its activated ability is also taking a creature out of your graveyard. So I don't, I don't like the card. It's just so. I mean, it's fine. I just don't think it's 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 not nearly the great hinge, right? That's the problem. It's not the great hinge, but it's really good in here. In tomb, just, you know, one mana away to get a creature into the graveyard. You're, just, you're, you're likely there. There are a few kind of tricks you can do with it. Bug bubbling muck. I love bubbling muck. I think uh, essential in any mono black deck. Uh, one black sorcery. Tell them to turn whenever a player taps a swamp for mana. It produces an additional black. It's uh, high tide for swamps, which makes it not as good but cooler. Oh shit. Happy birthday. Um, anyway, I love Bubbling Muck and any mono black deck. It's just a good way. It's good early to just have a little burst. You know, I've used it before to like, you know, just, just get a little burst out there, you know, even if it's getting out of Frexing Arena a turn early or, you know, ramping out of Crypt Gas. There are things to do with it that you can kind of use really early just as a little burst of mana. And then later on, it's for a big play. You know, it's for one of those big turns where you're dropping multiple threats and multiple things that must be answered per turn. And, and Bubbling Muck's a good way to get you there, especially in a deck in a deck that doesn't have Cabal Coffers. If I had another Cabal Coffers, it would be in here. And if I was playing this on Cockatrice or something online where I didn't have to pay for another Cabal Coffers, then I, uh, I'll have it in there. Uh, I think... There's a there's an argument to be made, and and by that I mean with myself because no one else will will care that I should take Urborg out or I should take Cabal Coffers out of my Gerard deck that it is not needed, and especially in a way, in a deck that doesn't really have a way to search out the Cabal Coffers Urborg combo, nor does it really have a way to use the mana. <laughs> Funnily enough, with the exception of it has a Sir Conrad in it. So that's probably the one decent mana outlet for that all that black mana. So I could, in real life, if I don't want to buy another Cabal Coffers, I could pull that one and put it in here. Because yeah. it would be good. It's not going to be bad in Monoblock deck. Other than I have to find an Urborg. 
for it. Um, Putrid Imp, just a great, great card to discard. You know, a free discard outlet. You put put stuff in the graveyard. Uh, Murderous Rider. Same reason I run it in Gerard. It's a it's a creature. It's a it's a it's a removal spell and a creature. And it has that that funny thing, right? When it dies, you put it at the bottom of its owner's library, just like the Culture Cabal Stronghold for when you you know don't want to buy another Cabal Coffers. Burnished Heart. I don't play Burnished 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 Burnished. I don't play Burnished Hurt uh, very often anymore. The six mana to get the lands just seems way too slow. Even in even in a mono white deck, it just feels slow. So I just I've kind of while I'm still holding on to Solemn, I don't play Burnished Heart very much. But again, in here it's just uh, it's another way to make mana on a creature. But and it puts itself in the graveyard, which is nice. Diabolic Intent. Uh, you're playing black. If you're going to run tutors, you might as well you know. Being able to sacrifice a creature in this deck is not going to be a downside. Phyrexian Arena. Yeah, I'm running Blood Gift Demon, but I'm also running Phyrexian Arena. Venomous Hierophant. Venom Venomous Hierophant. This is from uh oh from from Theros Beyond Death three in a black for a creature Gorgon Cleric with Death Touch. It's a three three. When Venomous Hierophant enters the battlefield, put the top three cards of your library into your graveyard. This is just one of the many cards that does this. It's the opposite of the Gravecrawler. When this creature comes into play and just mills you a little bit. Just a little bit of value. And then, of course, if it gets milled, it's a creature in the graveyard that does damage. If it puts creatures in the graveyard, it does damage. It's something that can be sacrificed. But it's also a 3-3 Death Toucher, which is a nice roadblock. I don't think people pay attention to that stuff as much. Like, oh, this does this thing and whatever, but this is a common. But the death touch is nice. And this is a fairly, this isn't a very aggressive deck. You are playing the long game, you know. Uh, Liliana, Untouched by Death. This one's iffy. This one is one of the ones I could just take out and uh, put in a creature. Uh, you know, four mana, Planeswalker. For loyalty, plus one, put the top three cards of your library into your graveyard. If at least one of them is a zombie, each opponent loses two life and you gain two life. This is one of, if not the only card that really cares about how many zombies I have in the deck. It's not a ton. Um, guess we'll do a count. I've seen any. Putrid Imp. Okay, I have, uh, I've seen two so far. Um, but, uh, you know, but, it, but it's four mana for something that mills me three over and over target um creature gets minus two target creature gets minus x minus x where x is the number of zombies you control and not going to be very good but it's minus three is also you may cast zombie cards from your graveyard this turn so like i said i have a handful of zombies but if all worst worst case scenario all it's doing is milling me three cards a turn which is fine uh, again it's eh, i don't know uh more salvage of course the land that has dredge 2 on it um i dropped i dropped some cards guys i dropped some cards they're okay they're okay it's okay they're pretty much all commons and uncommons and lands we're good anyway more salvage sign and blood just great 
Draw Spell, of course. Stitcher Supplier, Modern, and I think Pioneer All-Star. Fantastic card for um, Aristocrats-type decks. Uh, but it's it's like the other, right? When it enters the battlefield, you mill yourself, and then when it dies, you mill yourself. I mean, it's an awesome card. Agent of Erebos. This is the um, three-mana zomb- enchantment zombie 2-2 two, two, uh, that has Constellation, and its Constellation trigger is Exile uh, Opponent's uh, Target Graveyard. Um, yeah, it's not Opponent's, it's Target Graveyard, which is important because... Yeah, it's grave hate for your opponents, but it's also a way to remove creatures from your graveyard. Remember reanimating them or raising them or or shuffling them back in? Uh, the other thing, exiling them counts too. Exiling is leaving the graveyard. Asian of Erebos is good, is a, is a cool little trick that you can use. Castle Lockdwain, just great card in a black deck. Grim Horror Specs, um, you know, whenever non whenever non-token creature you control dies, draw a card, just some card advantage. Songs of the Damned, love it. Uh, one black for an instant, uh, add a black for each creature card in your graveyard. I love these, what do you call them, like um, conditional rituals, <laughs> you know, or they're, or they're a ritual, but they're, you know, you gotta do a lot of work. Uh, this is just another way to have another good go off turn like what you would with bubbling muck rise of the dark realms one of the i mean listen any deck that has rise of the dark realms that's one of the win conditions and then you know i'm not running living death as much as i love living death and i'm running rise of the dark Realms, which is nine mana not nine fucking mana is a lot but uh this can be killer like yes okay uh removing your opponent's creatures from their um graveyards doesn't trigger sir conrad but who cares the ones leaving your graveyard do and now you have all their creatures it's just obviously a a cool card and i don't mind running in a deck like this i normally would find this kind of a cheese when conditioned but i think because you're like kind of building around it a little bit or where it's very conditional what you're trying to do with it and yes it's still a good card so i'm not excusing it but I don't know. I, I I like it in here. Grave Shifter is just the um, you know shapeshifter version of a grave digger. Carrying feeder, sack outlet. Altar dementia, another sack outlet. You're using this on yourself, right? This is a way to self mill. Noxious Gear Hulk. I think this is just a way to pack in some removal while it being on creatures. I don't play many of the gear hulks i play the green one in xenagos i used to play the blue one in noyan dar torrential gear hulk that's a good card and now ne- i've never played the red one the white one is I, I i hate the white one uh this one's just a very basic you know uh destroy a creature spell but yeah. Corpse Connoisseur. I'm a fan of this card. I played this in a few decks. Five mana for a 3 3. When it enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a creature card and put it in your graveyard. So it's not like in Tomb, in tomb you can go get any type of card and put it in the graveyard. Corpse Connoisseur has to get a creature. But in this deck, yeah, it's what you want anyway. 
And of course, it unearths for four. Ulamog, the infinite gyre. Hold on. Hey, wizards. I've got a card for you. It's a, let's say, legendary artifact. The beacon of immortality. No, beacon of immortality is already a card. Beacon of eternity. It is an artifact. It does not have a casting cost. Does not have a casting cost. And the text box says, when Eternity Beacon is put into a graveyard from anywhere, its owner shuffles his or her graveyard into his or her library. I would like that card, please. Because I fucking hate Eldrazi. They almost, they almost made me... I was back playing Magic for like maybe three months when I fucking ran into my friend Amanda's Ulamog deck. And the first time you get Annihilator triggered on you, it feels awful and you never want to play again. After that, I then cast a few Eldrazi with my Xenagos deck and I didn't like attacking with it. It was, it felt just as bad on the other side. So I fucking hate Eldrazi. I own one Ulamog, well, one of each Ulamog, and one of each Kozilek, and the Commander Legal Emrakul. Ulamog is in this deck because of that ability. When it's put into the graveyard from anywhere, shuffle it and the graveyard in. There are cards that shuffle themselves in. This is and graveyard. Ulamog is a big part of this deck. Mill, mill, mill yourself. Then you hit Ulamog. You know, say Sir Conrad's in play, you mill yourself. You'd, every creature hits people. Ulamog hits the battlefield. Ping for another one. Trigger. The entire graveyard is shuffled back in, including Ulamog. And every creature that's in there does more damage, does damage again. I believe Ulamog is an essential card in this deck. You can build it without it. And you can use Kozilek, obviously. I do not want to cast Ulamog. I will. I don't want to. This is a trick to put shit back in my deck. And enable me to keep going. God help me if I ever have to cast it. Black Sun Zenith. Married Landscape. I've made my position clear. Decree of Pain. This could go. I've moved away from Decree of Pain just because of how expensive it is. Gravebreaker Lamia, a cool new card from Theros too. Um, I think this card, this deck got a few from Theros. Uh, five mana, four, four with lifelink. When it enters the battlefield, search your library for a card, put it in your graveyard, shuffle your library. And spells you cast from your grave, from your graveyard cost one less to cast. Eh. That last part is only relevant with one other card in the deck. And honestly, if you've cast that card, you're probably winning. But it entombs, it entombs anything. Like so, it's an actual entomb, unlike uh, unlike whatchamacallit, whatchamatits, um, corpse connoisseur. He was right in front of me. 
But uh, yeah, it's just another way to get something in the graveyard on a, on a good body. Crow of Dark Tidings. This is another, you know, when it's a 2-1 flyer when it enters the battlefield. You mill yourself for two. Crypt of Agadim. I fucking, I love Crypt of Agadim. I don't think it's very good, but it's so fucking black. It's Songs of the Damned on a limb. Enters the battlefield tapped. Taps for black. And then you can bay two and tap it and add X to your mana pool for each black creature card in your graveyard. So it's kind of a Cabal Coffers effect. But all I'm going to have in my graveyard is black creatures. I love it. It's so fucking black. But uh, it's not great. Mortal Kombat. Okay. Um, you know, uh, two mana, two black black for an enchantment. Uh, the beginning of your upkeep, if you have 20 or more creature cards in your graveyard, you win the game. You know, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes shit happens. Basilisk Collar, good way to gain some life. Put this on uh, on Conrad because it is damage, and Conrad does the damage. So just giving it lifelink is good. Uh, I don't know if it's great. I could replace this with the creature. And Bajukabog, of course. Um, pretty buzzed, but uh, I think I can think I can survive one more trip outside. You think? Yeah, why not? Hold on a second. I just, uh, I gotta be honest with you, I just came back inside and uh, I just coughed my ass off out there and I'm gonna get, I need to hurry up while I'm still at all coherent. Let's go. Let's move. Plague Crafter. No, don't need to explain that. Sidisi Undev is here. Love Sidisi. Westvale Abbey. Eh. It's kind of a sack outlet. I wouldn't call... Um, fuck, what's it called? Ormondal, that's right. I wouldn't call Ormondal a win condition. It's funny enough, that 9-7? Indestructible, life-linking, hasting flyer. Uh, it's fine. But that's not really, it's funny enough, that's not really a win condition in, in Commander, is it? But, um, but yeah, it's fine. But that lifelink can be good and, you know. Murderous Cut. I love Murderous Cut, uh, but I love Murderous Cut because I like putting shit in my graveyard. But in this case, Murderous Cut is um, a one-mana removal spell that also can do damage if you want to exile some creatures. Or if you don't want to exile creatures, exile some lands. You know, it's just a great card. It's a great card in a deck where you're going to be dumping shit in your graveyard. I don't see it played enough. I think I play this card more than most people. Um, and I think it's awesome. Yoggmoth's Will. Gold-bordered championship edition whatever thing. You know, it's Yoggmoth's Will. It's good with that uh, Triton thing from before. And uh, it's just a it's a big game kind of finish off the game. It, there's no combos with it. It's just uh, the ability to let me cast, you know, make a lot of mana with uh, the dream, I guess, is to like cast something like um, Songs of the Damned. Right. With a bunch of see, you have a bunch of creatures in your graveyard. You cast Songs of the Damned. 
You use three of that mana to cast God Moss Will. You play Songs of, the, Songs of the Damned again. And then you start playing creatures out of the graveyard. And each one of them, you know, is triggering Conrad and then, you know, they're doing stuff. And I mean, I don't have to sit here and explain Yod Moth's will, but in this deck, I think it's pretty cool. I think it's useful in here. Uh, Twilight's Call. This, is, this one you don't see as much either. Four black, black. I think this is a commander card. For a sorcery. For a sorcery. You may play it anytime you could cast an instant if you pay two more to cast it. So for eight mana, you can pay, play it at instant speed. So it's kind of like route. Each player returns all creature cards from his or her graveyard to the battlefield. It's kind of a kind of a living death like effect. But, you know, I don't know, maybe. It takes all the creatures out of your graveyard. You're going to have more creatures than they are. Uh, Ayara, first of Lockwain. This is one that this is kind of um this could almost be the commander. So she costs three black for a two three legendary creature elf noble. Whenever uh Ayara or another black creature enters the battlefield under your control, each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. And then you can tap it to sacrifice another black creature, draw a card. This card is this deck's not quite an Ayara deck. This deck is a little more concentrating on is a little more concentrated on putting creatures in graveyards than an AR deck wants to be. AR wants to get them in play. Um But it's a great card in here, obviously, because you're still doing a lot of the things on here, right? You're getting black creatures into play. That kind of that effect that's uh it's actually better than Conrad's. Uh, in a way, right? This is this drains for one as opposed to Conrad, which just does one damage. So it's kind of a backup Conrad-y card. I don't know. Maybe it's obviously play it. Maybe it's not. I'm just being stupid. Massacre Girl. You know, uh, it's just fun to resolve. It's just fun to resolve a Massacre Girl. It's fun to see everybody like start to go, oh, fuck, all right. Let's count up the triggers. All right, this dies. All right, that's another trigger. Okay, now these three die. That's three more triggers. Uh, I like it. I think it's fun. Necromancers. Hold on. I need a drink of water. That is called Dry Mouth. Necromancer's Assistant. Three mana zombie that mills you for three. Harvester of Souls. It's a six mana five five demo with death touch, and whenever a non-token creature dies, no matter yours or not, you may draw a card. Crypt Ghast, of course, just a way to make a lot of mana. Sadistic Hypnotist. It's a sack outlet. It's mean. I know uh, uh, people hate seeing this card. I'll admit it. I love this card, but I just I feel feel bad using it. But uh, maybe I should stop feeling bad. Just use it or take it out. I know. But I think it's cool in here. I think it's good in here. But I, I it's, it hasn't been in here long. I've only drawn it once or twice. And I, I haven't quite pulled the trigger yet. Mr. Seer, uh, Meyer Triton, of course. Uh, it's the same thing. Uh, this one's one, only two mana for a 2-1 Death Toucher, which again... You know, death touch at any at any as long as it's got at least one power. 
And when Meyer Triton enters the battlefield, you mill two and gain two life. So it's another one of those cards. Demonic Tutor. Funeral Rites. I like this one. This was kind of built for this deck. Uh, you know, I, I'm a fan of like read the bones and sign and blood and stuff. And Funeral Rites is black and a two. Draw two cards, lose two life, and then put the top two cards of your library into your graveyard. Uh, okay. If you, if you, if you, if, if you insist. Uh, Phyrexian Delver, you know, reanimate on a creature. Knight's Whisper, speaking of efficient black card draw spells. Morality Shift. I'm going to set that down here. That's the last card we're going to talk about. Ravenous Chupacabra. Ravenous Chupacabra. Fleshbag Marauder. So, you know, uh, it's just creatures, pretty common creatures that you're seeing here that are, that are, um, uh, that do things. Yeah, it's what you'd expect, right? Your, your removal spells are creatures and your card draw spells when they can be are creatures, but not always, you know. I, I say that after like, I started to say your card draw spells are creatures. And then I remembered Phyrexian Arena, Sign and Blood, uh, uh, the other two I just mentioned. <laughs> so it's like, oh, wait, I'm fucking bold, full of shit. Either way, Night's Whisper. Either way, um, <laughs> shit's spinning, man. Um, I need, to, I need to calm down. I'm being too loud. That was T Swift for you heathens um anyway uh yeah so just you know good creatures that do stuff nightmare shepherd <laughs> nightmare shepherd uh i love this card uh black black two for uh enchantment creature demon four four flyer whenever another non-token you control dies you may exile it it's a may which is nice if you do create a token that's a copy of that creature except it's a one one and it's a nightmare in addition to its other types. So, creature you control dies. You may exile from your graveyard. And then you make a copy of it. It's a 1-1. One, one. Uh, it's fucking awesome. It's really powerful. Especially where you have a lot of ETB effects in the deck. Because I'm trying to get utility out of all these creatures. That you know will eventually end up in the bin and fueling my win. But in uh, Nightmare Shepherd, just, you know, your creature dies. Trigger. And then Nightmare Shepherd exiles it. Trigger. There's so many. Conrad can do so much damage. So quickly. But not, again, it's a slow deck. But quickly in the sense that it just it happens in a, in a two or three turn kind of roll. You know, like, like you, you do stuff and you're slow and it takes Conrad a while to get out and maybe like you get don't get a chance to untap with him. He gets killed. So you can build back up to seven mana. But then there's going to be like two or three turns where everything's going to start rumbling and you're going to kill everybody in three turns. So it's kind of in this way. My experience thus far, I've played it five or six times, is that yeah, is that, that it's actually a pretty good speed. But it can feel like it comes out of nowhere when it wins because it just kind of erupts. And that, that if you can start... And it takes like three turns to win. I mean, there's, there's, 
one way for, for it not to not. There's one way for it to kind of happen in one turn. But besides that, it's like, I don't know. It, it seems to, unless you pull off a crazy combo, it's it's got a pretty good speed to it, in my opinion. It feels really powerful when it wins. But it doesn't feel like it's doing a ton when you're not winning. Um, although people know that, so they don't feel they do feel threatened by it. I'm not saying people aren't threatened by the deck because they are. It's not a deck where you can. That's why I think the creatures have to be good. You know, Chupacabra, uh, Fleshbag. I think the creatures have to be good because you do have to defend yourself. People are going to come after you, and your game plan takes a little longer to get moving. So you need to be able to protect yourself. But don't don't think you're going to play like oh I'm not doing anything for a while. With this deck, people know what Conrad can do. Conrad is nasty. I've beat people with Conrad many times, not this deck, but in other decks. Deck doesn't even have to be built around Conrad. Stinkweed Imp, just a way to, you know, get stuff in the graveyard. Milliken, <laughs> of course, the two mana 01. Uh, you tap it to put the top card of your library into your graveyard and add a mana for, the mana, for your mana pool. Why not? Farika's. Flyation. I haven't played this card yet. I haven't cast it yet in any deck. But two and a black for an instant. Choose one. Target opponent sacrifices a creature. Okay, that's overcosted. But then target opponent sacrifices an enchantment. It's pretty good. Pretty good against god decks. But, you know, it's new. And I have it in every mono black deck and like any. Uh, several two-color, like, you know, like Rakdos decks and stuff. Demir decks. Eventually, I'll I'll figure out if it's any good. Damnation. Nykthos, Shrine to Nyx. Uh, that's, you know, that's a way to pump mana into Conrad. Doom Whisperer. Poor, poor Doom Whisperer. I want, I, I love this card, and it did, it just didn't. It just didn't. But I like it, and here it's cool. It's sad though. This deck is like lower down on my priority list, even though I really like it. But I still have my foil Doom Whisper in here because it keeps getting kicked out of better decks, and eventually the foil one just ends up in this deck that's not pimped out at all. I still love you, Doom Whisperer. You just didn't quite get there. Soaring, uh, Liliana Heretical Healer, just like you know, a way to have a um a a planeswalker in the deck that's that that's a planes that's a creature in the graveyard and it recurs things. Uh, Disciple of Bolus, of course, it's the the two one for for for, for fuck four. Uh, when Disciple Bolus enters the battlefield, sacrifice another creature. You gain X life and draw X cards, or X is that creature's power. So, yeah, we draw a bunch of cards, of course, and then we have a thrilling encore. What does thrilling encore say? It says, uh, um, it's an instant for five, for, for four and a black. Put it under the battlefield under your control, all creature cards and all graveyards that were put there from the battlefield this turn. So it's a post wrath rise of the dark realms. I don't know. I, I still haven't figured out whether I like this card. Before I get to the final card, the one I set aside, I just realized there's no gray merchant of asphodel in here. I'm of two minds on that. 
One, this is a mono black deck with a lot of creatures, therefore a lot of devotion, and I should have a fucking gray merchant in here. It's hard to argue with that. Then the other part of me says, yeah, but that's boring. That yeah, that commander hipster we all have. And they're like, ah, you know, gray merchant. So I'm torn. It's possible that I, you know, didn't run it on purpose. Let's say, okay, instead of saying I forgot, let's say I was making a stand against guys named Gary. Down with Gary Oldman. Gary uh, Sinise. Gary Indiana. Fuck them all. But no, what if I... Now, I said this deck has a minor zombie sub-theme. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. It's right at 14 zombies, not... Yeah, Grey Merchant's a zombie. Fuck. So I guess I'm uh, not running it out of principle? There's some cards in here I could definitely cut and like fucking thrilling encore. So yeah, maybe was I trying to be a good person? I mean, I think I said this on Villas. Resolving Gary doesn't feel great. I mean, it, it feels great, but it doesn't feel great. Like the act itself feels great. Like it feels good until like that. This is so dumb, but that like infusion of energy you get from everybody, you actually kind of feel it when you play Grey Merchant. Until you look up at everybody else reaching for their life counters with their eyes rolled all the way fucking back on their heads. With a, a look on their face of, Ugh. like, really? So it's like, you know, uh, yeah. So, so maybe I didn't, I took that on a purpose. But it seems like it's really dumb not to have a gray merchant in here, right? Anyway. Chadgetshigh at gmail.com. So, the last card I want to talk about, listen, I'm not, I'm not, this is an original. Every Conrad deck runs this card. Mortality shift. I already fucked that up. Okay. Hope you're well. Mortal. <laughs> Morality shift. Five black black for a sorcery from the Mirage, maybe? Exchange your graveyard in library, then shuffle your library. This is the one hit. This is the combo card that kills your opponent with just casting this spell most of the time. So reality shift. Cast reality shift. Your graveyard and your library switch places. So say you're, you have, uh, let's see, it's more, say you have like 10 cards in your graveyard. And you cast morality shift. 
those cards become your library. Any creatures in there are leaving the graveyard because they're going to your library. So they're going to trigger on red. And then all those creatures in your library that are now part of the graveyard are going to trigger Conrad because they are hitting your library from somewhere other than the battlefield. And then Ulamog is going to trigger. And Ulamog is going to take all those cards in the graveyard and put them back in the library yet again doing one damage for each creature in there for leaving my graveyard. It's awesome. And I believe I've never gotten there because it doesn't matter that morality shift gets shuffled back in at some point through there. Let's say you cast it. It resolved. Boom. The triggers go on the stack after that, after it's resolved. So it's already in the graveyard. And so this ends up getting shuffled back in. You could tutor back up, but you don't need to because everybody's fucking dead. Morality shift is just a big, like, as soon as this card was spoiled, people found morality, people found morality shift. And uh, they were like, well, there you go. This is why I wish I had 40 creatures, but I actually don't need 40 creatures. I have the 38, and with Ulamog in the deck, you know, it's, again, this is a, a win that can kill somebody, I guess, that's high up, because... You know, how many creatures? 38 times 2. He's 70 something, 70, 76, 76, whatever, damage. Um, And, uh, yeah, so, morality shift. Not original, not my idea. Um, But kind of the reason to play a Conrad deck, because you can make this combo happen. And... Uh, it's fun. I, I, I'm going to say this for the thousandth time. I love this deck. It does a lot of the things I want to do. It's, it also takes a lot less thought than like my Gerard deck. <laughs> this one's plan of attack is pretty simple. Anyway, that's Sir Conrad. I think it's a cool card. If I wanted to make it a little better, I would, of course, put in a Grey Merchant of Asphodel. I would put in a Bajuka Bog Cabal Coffers combo. Um, I would probably put in Kozilek as well as Ulamog. So you got, I would maybe up the creature count or maybe lower the creature count a little bit and rely more on the morality shift combo. But that's not what I'm trying to do. So, um, I like this deck. It's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I, there's somebody else in my new store that has a Sir Conrad deck, and we haven't played against each other yet, but I think it would be very silly. And there was a time that me and two people at the card shop, old card shop, played. We had we had just built Depala decks. And so we played a demolition derby. All three of us played Depala. And our only so it was cars on cars on cars, and our only rule was if you could attack, you had to attack because it, it was a fucking demolition derby. So if, if you were cable, it was like there was an enchantment out. It's like we were goaded. If you could attack, you had to attack. It was really silly. 
I ended up winning because I drew, unfortunately, drew a Vandal Blast. <laughs> Wasn't a meta call. Didn't know we were going to do it. But it's a Boros deck. I'm going to run a Vandal Blast. And um, that kind of hoses the other two vehicle decks. <laughs> so, um, I think that's it. That went longer than I thought it was going to. I must have wandered a lot. So for this week's Christian Corner, it sounds different from the way I mean it. Christian Corner sounds like a PBS All Access show in, you know, Kentucky. Uh, for our Slater segment, no. Anyway, this week I want to talk about the movie Heathers. This is my Christian Slater stoned out of my mind, nonsensical not funny Christian Slater movie pick of the week TM registered 2020 jjshop.com so uh, I, so my recommendation is Heathers the classic Heathers with Winona Ryder Christian Slater Shannon Darty uh, oh that's sad the girl that plays the number one Heather who ends up who who in the movie, spoilers has tells a line, has a very famous line where she asks someone if she had a brain tumor for breakfast. And then several years later she died of a brain tumor. It's pretty fucked up. But Heathers is a dark comedy that can only take place. It's a movie that could have only come out in 1988, 89, or 88, like that kind of period, late eighties. It feels so late eighties, kind of indie film. But uh it's a you know, it's kind of a fuck. It's kind of a play on Rebel Out of Cause, but with you know, there's a little bit of there's a little bit of there's a little bit of David Lynch in there, you know. Um, and uh, little Tim Burton, which you know isn't entirely surprising because it's um. Uh, Denise Denovi produced it, I think, and she's Tim Burton's producer for some of his early films. She did like Scissor Hands. It was written by Daniel Waters, who would go on to make Michael Lehman, who directed it. I don't think his career ever really got there, but uh, and then Waters made, uh, you know, I think he wrote like Hudson Hawk and um, Batman Returns, I think. Um, so, you know, I think he was a, a Burton guy a little bit. And then, uh, and then the, the director did Hudson Hawk. So they were a little bit of a team there. You know, not, not, not great, but, uh, but it feels very of 1988. It's about a girl named Veronica. I'm going to just, just a little summary. It's about a girl named Veronica played by the amazing Winona Ryder. Gen X is Marilyn Monroe. And um, Veronica moves to a new town. Her parents, like, don't get her. Her parent, you know, her parents really don't get her. And she goes to start her new school. And there are these three girls all named Heather. And they are the popular girls. And they're all, you know, and there's a hierarchy. It's it's the, the Heather number one. And then the Shannon Darty, And then the other Heather. And they're all named Heather. And they're the Heathers. And 
they're the popular girls. And Veronica kind of, and then there's also this kid named JD, <laughs> subtly named JD, uh, played by Christian Slater, who not so subtly is also kind of playing JD. They, and anyway, so Veronica decides what, you know, it has to do with popularity and shit, but then it gets real violent. Like, real violent. J- JD turns out, it, it's kind of like, Rebel without a cause if it turns out that James Dean's character, sorry, JD's character, was a psychopath. Or let's say more of a psychopath. So it's it's you know, it's it's a it's a dark comedy it's a dark comedy. Christian Slater is very, you know, for those who don't know, uh, Christian Slater was very famous early in his career, and probably now too. But basically just doing Jack Nicholson. Like he just, the way he talked was so fucking, you know, it was like, it was like uh, Kevin Polly doing Jack Nicholson. You know, it's just, he, he just, it, it, you could tell who his, who his influence was. And he didn't really, but he facial expressions, even his hair, you know, his, the kind of widow's peak he has, like, you know, receded hairline. He just wanted to be Jad Nicholson so bad, and it, and it and it makes his early work really a lot of fun, <laughs> but not like and compelling, but not like you know you're not you're not handing out awards for it, but there's something kind of almost camp about him <laughs> to me. But in Heather's, he's perfect because he's he's got this kind of Nicholsony thing, but Nicholson's not that far from James Dean, honestly, and he's obviously supposed to be James Dean, and he is playing it kind of in between Dean and Nicholson and it's 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 not great but it's awesome and uh, Winona Ryder is of course fantastic it's a funny movie a dark movie has a fucking amazing quotable lines um, I love my dead gay son being my favorite one I love my dead gay son but uh anyway Michael Lehman's Heathers that's your Christian Slater movie that you're not going to watch recommendation for Chad this week of um, of Christian Slater movie Uh, registered trademarks patent pending I love my dead gay son anyway uh, this has been uh, Chad Gets High and talks about his commander decks. My name is Chad. I am, I'm, uh, I'm kind of silly high, and I just talked to you about my sir Conrad the Grim deck. Uh, you can look at the the deck neck the the deck neck. The deck neck is in the show notes. A link to the deck tech will be in the show notes, and you can go on. Please don't go to EDH Rec. I haven't looked, but I'm pretty sure they're like 95% going to be like the stock deck. It's fun. What was I saying? Oh, the dick tick, right, is in the, 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 the snow newts. Yeah. So deck tech is in the show notes. Um, uh, questions, comments, death threats. Um, 
chadgetshigh at gmail.com. Dirty letters will be returned unopened. Hmm. Don't buy into uh, Here's what's pissing me off. When What was the empirical data we got that said, okay, let's go back to work? What was the data point? There wasn't one. We just got tired. People just got tired of staying inside. And so they just go, you know what? Fuck it. We're going out. Let's forget about it. It's still, we're in the middle of it. I, I know it's a meme, but they're not right. It, it's basically saying the parachute opened. I don't need this thing anymore before you hit the ground. It just, it boggles my mind. And I, I was like, what, what was the moment where we said, okay, let's go back to work. Who made that decision? I, I know who made that decision. The fucking orange shit goblin. I know, but like, even he didn't. He just recommended it, and all the fucking cowards all across the country went with it. But what? What was? You know, and, and you know, some experts say it's going to be. You know, we're going to be able to do this. Some experts say we it's going to get horrible. I tend to go with the horrible people. I'm not. As George Carlin said, and I'm paraphrasing. I'm not a pessimist. I'm just a very disappointed optimist. And copyright George Carlin. My uh, my Gerard episode got flagged because I used a couple snippets from Sweet Leaf by Black Sabbath, and uh, so I'm not allowed to make money off of that episode on YouTube. So I don't know how my children are going to eat. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, anyway. Yeah, uh, I think they're I think they're fucking up. But even if even if it's gonna even if it goes better than we thought, what was the moment? What was the piece of evidence that we said, okay, let's do this? There wasn't one. That's what pisses me off. Is that we just got fucking tired, and we thought, you know what? I want to go to the fucking beach. Never mind, I haven't been to the beach in seven years. But you know what? Tomorrow I'm going to the fucking beach because I'm allowed to go to the fucking beach because I'm a fucking American. Fuck. Fucking pasty-ass crackers out there. Like, <laughs> man. Some fucking stupid. I hope it's, I hope they're, I hope they're right. For their sakes, for our sakes, I hope they're right. They're not right. If they get through this, it's because they're lucky. And yeah, better lucky and dumb than smart and however it goes. Better be smart than, better be lucky than smart, right? Lucky than good, better be lucky than good, something like that. Whatever. They better hope that's right. Because I... People at bars and just instantly they just, we just turned into fucking you know anyway I'm saying anyone listening to this agrees with me so and if you don't you know whatever man but uh, I know if some people in other countries that listen to this I'd be interested to see what they think. But uh, they're probably too busy laughing at us 
or worrying about us. If, if you're out there and you're listening, don't worry, we're, we're worried about us too. And, um, you know, if things get much worse, do you have a couch I can sleep on? I come with a wife and two children, but, you know, maybe we can work something out. Germany. Although, uh, I mean, I, I actually, I could probably get, I probably have a way to get me down to Australia, but, you know, I got the whole family thing. Okay, good night. Wear a mask, please. Just wear a mask. If you think it makes you look stupid, just just pretend it makes you look like George Clooney on ER. Or, or Jesse James. Don't you want to be Jesse James, you redneck motherfucker? Don't you want to be Jesse James? You know, put on your mask. You know, think of it as your clan mask. I don't care. Just wear a mask. Stop. Don't get your fucking inbred spittle on me. How'd this turn into a fucking anti-redneck thing? I don't know. I don't mean like rednecks from the South. I just mean crackers. <laughs> I just mean these people. That are fucking it up for the rest of us. I know we're exposed to both sides and everybody's got. Yeah, but there's some people that don't. There's some people that don't. Uh, that I can't. Can't give them the, ben them the benefit of the doubt on anything. These fucking guys in South Georgia. Fucking. Yeah. Killed that guy jogging. That those fucking guys. You know. No one's popped George Zimmerman yet. How is that possible? How is George Zimmerman walking around without lead in his body? I am stunned and impressed by the 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 resolve and the restraint the restraint shown by the African American community that George Zimmerman is walking around holeless. Or I guess he's probably got a couple of holes. But like I, I don't the fact that he's walking around alive is astounding to me. George Zimmerman should be I'm just I'm just I'm just surprised. Wow, this is going in a weird fucking direction, isn't it? Am I this close to calling for rebellion? Is this what Christian Slater does to me? Is it the spirit of happy Harry Hardon from Pump Up the Volume is like coming into me? Um, anyway, man. Um where was I? Welcome to, you know, did that. This has been, I did that. Okay, so we got that covered. Um, Wash your hands. Stay home. Stay six feet apart. Wear a fucking mask. Anyway, um, and uh, be safe and good night. Antithesis Audio.